0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of That Podcast. My name is Ryan Jenkins, and as always, I am joined by Pastor DJ Lura and Dana Mashevsky.
1: Hey. Hello, hello. Everybody. How's it going? I uh, I was on Death's Door yesterday. No. <laughs> I was. And it's the worst, too, because Tuesday is kind of our big... Uh, uh, it's the day to know. I mean, we have we have all of our meetings on Tuesday for what, uh, as the church staff, we're going to be carrying out during the week. And if you miss that day, it's like, you know, nothing. Is You have a problem with your mic?
0: I am. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, but it's I'm, li- not, I'm listening. You were gone yesterday. It's not
1: doing its thing. Yeah. Now no, um, I think it's all right. You know, it's, it's that season. It's uh, vitamin D deficiency season, mm-hmm. which means you get all kinds of, icky bugs and I got a stomach bug that lasted a good 24 hours and I do not wish that on anyone that if I was to ask God for a punishment to send on my enemies it would be that I mean but I'm not even sure about that because I just felt miserable I I would
0: intestinal
1: plague yes I'd much rather have a head cold a sore throat but when you're when you feel nauseous it's just you don't you don't want to do anything that's true that's the sound of feeling nauseous yeah yeah, so, yeah, right. So that was my... We don't that- need
2: the sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> I can guarantee you.
1: So that was my yesterday. Let's see, I think I got something in here. Yeah, it's kind of like this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what it felt like. So finally I had a reason to use those two on here. The day Sarah
2: had to work in Grand Forks is the day that we bring uh, out sound effects.
1: Yep. Well, so anyway. But I feel much better today and um I hope I hope everyone else is feeling. I'm so
2: glad as that well. we shared that with the internet.
0: Yep, the interwebs.
2: The last time
1: I was sick like this was like five years ago. Yeah, and I and and I was in North Carolina at the time, and I still remember it. And now this, I will remember this because yep. it's just ugh. memories. Oh, keep yourself healthy, folks. It's just yep. not fun. So that's what's been going on with me. How about you?
0: I, I've been I've been good.
1: <laughs> <I'm> gonna <laughs> disinfect this entire room. Yeah. <laughs> well, we had a sermon on Sunday. <laughs> And it was a, it was a, a humdinger. It was a, it was a good. doozy. It, it was, was good. a, uh, what other kind of old timey term terms can we use? Um, it was a daisy. Uh, oh, it was a peach of a hand. <laughs>
2: I'm reading a book right now that takes place in the 1920s Mm -hmm. and she's written in a lot of like 1920 slang and I'm like, it'd be great if there was like something that told me what these mean (laughs) instead of just like context clues.
1: There is. It's this thing called Google. Yeah. (laughs)
2: I know. I've had to Google so (laughs) many. I'm like, okay, it'd be nice if it was just in the book that I could like flip the page (laughs) and be like, that means that instead of like. Grab my phone and Google like what are all of these
1: old the Google machine? Do they even make dictionaries anymore? Because like everything they have is, to. them they have right to. like on paper like what a waste of paper that is because I feel like it'd be just, a
2: waste of paper.
1: Just Google it in your phone and mm-hmm. it'll tell you exactly. Uh,
2: you don't even yeah, have to like type. You thinks. could just be like, "Hey Google, what is?" Get this close mean? to it,
1: <laughs> or just get close
0: to it. It's like, did you mean this? <laughs> those those old timey phrases and words are great though. I love them. I learned a new one. I don't think oh. I told you about this one, DJ. I told Dana about this one.
2: I don't like this one. Not that I like a lot of rice <laughs> phrases to begin with.
0: So I, I was visiting with this guy last week, and he was talking to me, telling me about this other person, and evidently the person he was talking about is fairly petite. And he said that she's so tiny that she'd have to run around in the shower just to get wet. <laughs> <laughs> so I hadn't heard that one before, <laughs> well,
1: let's but that's that, going let's, in the Rolodex. Let's try that again. Let's start start the setup. Hey Ryan, ask me ask me again about about this person and say that she's so tiny.
0: She's so tiny.
1: How tiny is she?
0: So tiny she'd have to run around in the shower just to get wet.
1: Ha ha. <laughs> hey yo. Yes. <laughs> Good lord. Let's get back to business here. <laughs> All right, so we're in the sermon series uh, um, uh, "Life Realignment," and um, this is this really is, I think, Pastor Cross's wheelhouse. I mean, if if uh, it, it speaks, I think specifically, yeah, I mean, it speaks to everybody, but it speaks, I think, in a very specific way to people who who enjoy like mechanical things. Mm-hmm. And you see that coming out of Pastor Cross oh, too, because yeah, he's yeah. he's an old uh, gearhead from from way back. Yep. Um, uh, and if you haven't seen it, please please check it out. He's got his uh, his work overalls on. There's like
2: props involved. They're
1: too clean though. He needs yeah, to get some he, oil stains he, on there.
0: Yep. He, he needs some grease on there. One we talked of, about
2: that. Like it should be like each week. He just gets like dirtier and Right. Either.
0: Yep. <laughs> In one of the sermon notes, one of the uh, students made mention of. Uh, that they like his mechanics outfit.
1: Yes, and I said I would pass that on. I think that um, it's too late now, but I think that he should have really dirtied it up for this last week and then each week get it cleaner and cleaner. Mm. Because the topic this week was, um, uh, the first one was the sacred life. This one was called the broken life. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess my first question is, is, when you think of something that's broken... What, what are your thoughts on that? Like, are you someone who um, will try to fix what's broken or or do you want to replace what's broken?
2: Depends on what it is. Yes. Depends on what it is. Well,
0: it depends how how is it broken. I mean, there are things that I will spend an insane amount of time trying to fix mm-hmm. it, it, before I let it go. And there's other things that are like, eh, it's broken. Yeah. Throw it away.
1: Throw it away. Yep, I give up. Yep,
2: mm-hmm. not worth the effort. Mm-hmm. Think about some
1: things that are like you—you you have to live with them. Like if your car is broken, yep, mm-hmm. you'll fix it until it's just the the cost of fixing it isn't worth it anymore. Yep, mm-hmm. right then, mm-hmm. then it's time to get a new car. Yep, but my phone, because <laughs> there's always a new a new phone like every year. If if you know any little. Ding or something like that. It's like there's a certain point where it's like it's not worth it with the phone anymore. It's time for a new phone. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm much more quick to get. It's like
2: life expectancy is much shorter, Mm -hmm. right? Like cars, you can run for you know so many decades before it's like it's really not worth it anymore. Where phones, their value depreciates so much quicker. Mm
1: -hmm. So, do you think that like we're more likely to fix something that's broken if we uh, depend on it as compared to a luxury. Like, I, I I depend on my phone, but it's more of a luxury, I think, than something that I can't live without. Because um, I'll replace it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, even if it's not broken. But, like, again, my car or, like, the furnace in the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to buy a whole new house just because the <laughs> furnace is broken. Right. Replace it because I rely on the house. Yeah. Like, is there is what is that line where something goes from being, valuable enough that you want to fix it as compared to something that's broken and and has no value to you anymore that you replace it.
0: Mm. Sentimental value would be one, Mm -hmm. I would say. And practicality. I mean, uh, you know, like you said, you're not going to go get a whole new house, but you might get a new furnace if the furnace is what's broken. Mm -hmm. You know, First, I try to
1: get it fixed first. Yep. Um, Yep.
2: I feel like it depends on, like, also, like, how much is it going to cost to replace this versus how much is it going to cost to fix it? Mm-hmm. Like, when, like you said, if it's more expensive to fix it than it is to just replace it, then it's, like...
1: Might as well, well replace it. Or this. even yeah,
0: or even close to the same, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
2: Like, maybe you can fix it for the same price as buying a new one. Well, then just buy the new one.
1: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I was impressed with one of my daughters. I won't name her name on here, but one of my daughters said something that I thought was... I, I was actually proud... As a father, to be like, okay, you're being smart. Her phone is is running low, like it doesn't hold a charge long enough. And mm-hmm. rather than saying, Dad, I want a new phone, it was, Dad, do you think we could get the battery replaced on ah, this?
0: Very uh, good. Very how, good.
1: How, how ingenious of how that young lady. Yes. Yeah. Well, very it good could, job. It,
0: it could have also been that she uh, weighed the two and was like,
2: also, I, she could be I like, maybe if chance. we get the battery replaced, I can hold out for the new one that comes out in the
1: fall.
2: Because <laughs> <Yep. laughs> well, I'm not definitely saying there's not that. some
1: strategy involved as well, but <laughs> but at least as her father, I was heartened by what she said. Because that that, I've
2: definitely done the same where I'm like, if I can just like get a case so you, because like, my whole like back glass was shattered. Yeah. I was like, if I can just hold the glass in, I can hold out for six months for the new one.
0: Yep.
1: <laughs> well, and this all adds into the conversation that, that Pastor Cross had with us and, and talking about that our lives are broken, whether we ad admit it or not. Um, and, and a key phrase that he says over and over again is, you know, if your car breaks down, uh, you got to know a guy. Yeah. Yep. Um, especially if you can't fix it yourself. And that that was kind of the point of the message that we are broken mm-hmm. and we can't fix ourselves. And he talked about a couple different ways of looking at what sin um, mm-hmm. which is what, what we're actually talking about. Yeah. Real quick, my um, definition of what sin is, and this is the one that I use most often. Sin is not trusting God to be God. That's right. it, It's as yeah. simple as that. And every sinful behavior, the things that we call sin, sinful behavior, starts from that first belief of not wanting God, not trusting God to be God. From that comes every sinful action. So Paul talked a little bit about um, the difference, and he's doing this every week, uh, The w- what the world says about this topic as compared to what the word says. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so he went through a couple of the world's um, um, things, and he, he talked first of all about the naturalistic worldview that, for example, sin as we describe it in the world's eyes is a completely natural process. It's... It's survival of the fittest mm-hmm. and it's, it's might makes right. It's natural selection basically that what you may consider sin, the predator that eats you is, you know, happy is all get out to get a, a tasty snack like Ryan to eat. Yep. If, if that makes sense. So it's just mother nature doing what mother nature does. Mm-hmm. So sin is really a human construct to justify and to make sense of suffering in the world. Sure. But from a naturalistic perspective, suffering is arbitrary and relative. Right. Because it, it ultimately is about natural selection. Mm-hmm. Um, how did Paul, Paul called it the law of the tooth and the claw, which I thought was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, in other words, people are not broken. It's all, it's all just the way the system works. Sure. And honestly, if there's not a higher power, um, then yeah, I guess that would be how the whole system works. Yeah. Um, but what is the logical conclusion then? It's not that there is sin in the world. It's that everything that exists came about by complete chance and is imperfect in its application, um, for billions of years. In other words, life is not something that's special and a gift, life is a cosmic um, fluke. Mm. Does that make sense? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's the argument that is, is summed up basically in, in the writings of like, um, oh, who's that really, really smart theoretical physicist Hawking Hawking. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, and, and when you get into theoretical physics, when you get into theoretical science as a whole, it's important to remember that it's, in many ways closer to philosophy than science, Mm -hmm. because it's not based on observation. It's based on speculation that can be mapped mathematically. Yeah. um, But without observable, you know, it makes predictions of what you'll find in existence, but often it never shows up. Right. Right. So what, what do, when looking at the origin of things and even discussing the reality of God within a broken world, The assumption becomes um, there is no God, therefore everything that we experience is based on being in the perfect place at the perfect time for existence to happen. And that this existence happened randomly and um, spontaneously um, because of the need for... um, just the fact that we are even discussing the reality of the universe speaks to the uniqueness of the human experience, Mm -hmm. but that it's completely random that, that we just happen to be in a location in the universe where life is able to exist on this rock. That's the third one from the sun Mm -hmm. in this, um, kind of sweet spot. What are the odds of that? Well, and that's just it. It's the, the odds are astronomical. Um, And yet for a completely naturalistic worldview, it just seems astronomical because we are experiencing it Mm -hmm. for the universe. The universe is, is there is no good or bad. The universe just is right. And we happen to be in it Mm -hmm. and we happen to be, um, part of, of the universe. Like, like, um, what is his name? There's another real popular scientist who speaks about that. We are all, um, stardust and and is that tyson neil De- oh, yeah neil say, is that neil, deGrasse? neil degrasse tyson and uh, tice tice tice
2: oh, is it
0: tice i don't know
1: well anyway he yeah he and and he just thinks that's just the most beautiful thing mm-hmm. but it doesn't take into the idea that because he's a self-aware human he looks at all these astronomical events as being just coincidence that has no meaning and it is all just part of the reality of living where we do in the universe. Because the universe is way bigger than we can imagine. Yeah,
0: it is Tyson, by the way. Tyson, like Mike,
1: Neil deGrasse Tyson. Which I mean to listen to him talk, he's incredibly eloquent, but you're now entering not into science, but philosophy because philosophy means your world view. It's the starting point by which you look at any information that you engage with. For the Christian, Our starting point is that we are made in the image of God. Everyone is. Everyone is an image bearer of God, and yet we are broken. And that is the reason for the suffering in the world. I mean, when you have 7 billion God wannabes on the planet who don't trust God to be God, I don't trust God to be your God or my God. I'm a God wannabe. I want things my way. I carry around the Burger King slogan with me everywhere. Have it your way. (laughs) <laughs> um, or have it my way you're, you're gonna have problems yep. you're, you're gonna have all kinds of issues so okay so that's the naturalistic uh, worldview he talked about the secular world view and this is really similar to the utilitarian view that um, again right makes uh, might makes right and um, if you 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 take God out of the issue if we can just figure out how to best run this society um then there won't be any more suffering. And so what, what you see from that worldview is not striving for individual freedom and liberty that's counterproductive because not everyone has the same opportunities for success. What you need is, is an equity of outcome rather than an equality of opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so what is very attractive in that worldview to deal with the problem of brokenness is, is a communist ethic. Um, from those who have for those who have not, and that's a very secular worldview. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what what is brokenness? What is it, what is sin? Sin is just a from a secular worldview. Sin is just a um, a religious way of speaking about the inequity in society, and that the goal of any any good society would be to make things equal in all cases, both opportunity and outcome for every person. Okay. A um, couple more you talked about. You talked about the humanistic and you talked about Star Trek. Has you guys ever watched Star Trek? No. No. You've never watched Star well, Trek? Well, I've seen it, but I mean... <laughs> nope,
2: no, I haven't. I'm pretty sure my parents have the like new Star Trek movie, but I've never seen it.
1: Yeah. Not the new movie either. The new movie, yeah. if you didn't like the old Star Trek stuff, the new movies are, are pretty good.
2: Nope, never seen any They're of They're very
1: entertaining. Um, I've, I've
0: seen them.
1: I, I know
2: references to I, it.
0: I know who Mr. Spock is. I know who Scotty is.
2: Yeah, see, I, I, I know, know those who, references. I know who funny. Captain
0: Kirk is. That's all I got. That's
1: all I got. Yeah. Outside of that. Spock nah. has
0: pointy ears.
1: Yep. You ever play uh, Rock, Paper, Scissors, Lizard Spock? No. Oh, that's a fine game. Nope. Learn about it. Go online. Do the Google. Rock, paper, scissors, lizard, Spock. Nope. It's like rock, paper, scissors, but with some extra pieces to it. Makes okay. it more exciting. Huh. Anywho, here, here's the premise of Star Trek that, that uh, Paul was getting to. I'm sorry, Pastor Cross, by it, the
0: way. It, yeah,
2: don't actually,
0: don't tell <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, he won't watch this anymore. He'll anyway. hear it.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, right, <Ryan>, I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so he was going from, uh, talking about that Star Trek is really kind of the utopia of a humanistic worldview, which humanism, secularism... Uh, Naturalism—they all are kind of the same worldview. That the problems in the world are problems that we gotta fix by our picking our up, ourselves up by our bootstraps. And in the future,
2: also never understood that f- phrase. I think it's
1: an old-timey <laughs> statement too. They're
0: picking you up—I—I I, I don't have my laptop today, so I can't—I can't help you out. But there's got to be a reason. There's
2: for it. there's absolutely a reason. Don't don't
1: know it. <laughs> in the future of Star Trek, um. Everything that is bad has been done away with. Racism has been done away with. Mm-hmm. Um, war has been done away with, mainly because humanity realized the faults of its mistakes. And one of the big things that was done away with is money. Mm. So in the future, there's no money. Again, it's sure. a it's a very, um, it's a communist worldview. Mm-hmm. Everything is an equal and you strive for the betterment of society. Yep. Uh, over and against individual desires and so on but in, in the Star Trek world there's some type of harmony that that comes between your discovering your own own individual passion and being able to express it mm-hmm. okay which can't really happen in in culture today in a communist society it's not just what you have a passion for it's what the society needs you to do is what you're gonna do
0: right mm. I've I've always been um probably not always but i mean i'm fascinated by people who say i have faith in humanity right why
1: <laughs> right what why <laughs> that's a very first world get, uh, statement to make yeah yeah
2: cuz what's the what's the line from men in black humans are smart but people are dumb
1: oh yeah yeah oh no yep. no Pe- people are smart humans are dumb human yeah or or individuals persons are smart people but are like dumb as a whole and you know like it
2: we are not that smart yeah
1: there is very much a i mean there really is a mob phenomenon that can happen if you're in a group of people and enough people say you know this is what it is mm-hmm. that, the, that the sky is is green well more often than not even if you look at it like no the sky is blue you'll say that the sky is green right so yeah um yeah culture is people are a mess um, the idea is that we'll be able to fix all of the world's problems because things are getting better and better. And this was very much the worldview of the United States. Um, in fact, if you think about like like Revelation, you would say that, that the United States prior to World War I was a um, post-millennial country, as far as faith is concerned, that, and this has to do with the second coming of Christ, that what needs to happen is the world needs to be evangelized and things are going to just keep getting better and better and better. And then Christ will return because the, it, it will be a utopia on earth mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then he'll come. And then world war one came and we're like, well, we were way <laughs> off yeah. on that mark.
0: Missed that one.
1: Mm, guess not. Cause now we can destroy each other on a, on a massive global scale. And that's kind of the the fear that's carried out through the 20th century. I mean, much of the 20th century was being afraid we're going someone's going to get a, an atomic bomb dropped on them. Mm-hmm. You know, good thing we had those drills to hide underneath your desk in case that happened, so. <laughs> That'll stop it. Wait, what? It. Get the duct tape. Oh, you never had this experience. Okay. Get, get the duct tape. So in the 80s, yep. I remember um, doing drills against, which I always thought was kind of funny, too. We, we would do um, tornado drills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in our small I remember town. those.
2: You'd like in the hallway.
1: you go in the hallway downstairs. Yeah. Well, when I moved out to Washington, we would do earthquake drills. Yep.
2: Because
1: they didn't have a whole lot of tornadoes, but they'd have earthquake <laughs> drills. Yep. And when there's an earthquake, what you need to do is get under your desk.
2: Yep.
0: Yep.
1: Or in a door jam. You know. Yeah. Okay. And it used to be they did the same type of drills for a nuclear bomb attack.
2: Mm-hmm. Because that's going to help.
1: <laughs> right? Yep. Often it seems like a lot of what we're told to do is to make us feel
2: better versus actually
1: doing anything. There's probably a reason for this, and Dana,
0: you and I talked about this. Why do we do fire drills at school where everybody completely exits the building?
1: It's a brick building. Yeah.
0: It's made entirely of brick with
1: tile floor. It's an asbestos building. It won't burn. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> like, seriously, like, I mean, especially in the wintertime. Yeah. All right, everybody, line up outside in case this building ever... I'd like to go back and see how many school buildings have burned down.
1: So, well, right, but here's the thing. It's it's called a fire drill, but it's basically an emergency drill. Yeah. And they just yeah, don't call true. it that because whenever a kid hears that bell ring for whatever reason... Yeah. And the teacher says, all right, so fire can drill... use that
2: for whatever... Exactly. It's okay. it's not a fire, you can use it to... Sure. Get them out of the building, right. regardless of what it is. Okay. And
1: and what we found is that in in case of any type of accident, that works great. Mm-hmm. If there's someone seeking to cause actual harm to students, it doesn't work at all. No. Right. No. It's like you know. It just bring it. them all out to the person who wants to hurt them.
0: Right. Okay. Well, that makes sense. I mean, I'd, I still disagree, but it makes. <laughs> well,
1: sense. it's it's like it's like a lot of things. I mean, you know, hey. Uh, you remember flying before two thousand and one? No.
0: No, I never. I okay. never flew before two thousand and one.
1: Okay, so you have no idea what the experience was like before two thousand and one.
0: No, no, nothing.
2: I well, also did not fly before. <laughs> well, I mean, think think
1: about the logic of some of the things that we do at the airport. Now, it's all meant to protect, mm-hmm. but it's it's more so not about so. It's not about catching bad guys so much as it is keeping the people that are at the airport um, in a sense of peace, that something is being done to keep them safe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because I mean, I'm sure it all serves a purpose and the, in the TSA, you know, they do what they can do, but much of, of what's put forward are not necessarily logically thought out plans. Like for example, some people have to take their shoes off. Some people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, some people have to have their bags checked. Some people don't.
0: If you have little kids, you can go through without.
1: Right. With with yeah, it's so without jumping through. That's the- that's kind of what I mean. It's like it's nothing is uniform, but mm-hmm. all of this is given for a sense that okay, the we're being we're we're safe mm-hmm. as we travel. Yep. Does that make so? It's not as if the TSA is is setting like up a dragnet to cut to catch a bad guy. Mm-hmm. It's all put in there as a sense that, that someone is in control of, of a dangerous situation. Anyway, okay, moving on. We talked about uh, a couple more, um, the psychological worldview, which looks at sin as um, trauma that you have experienced and are trying to work through. Mm-hmm. And it's, it plays off in, in the psychological world in the language of dissonance. Dissonance is, uh, I tell you, don't do this. You want to do this. And now you have an internal struggle because you're told not to do this. Mm-hmm. And if you do this, what's happening next is you're going to experience feelings of dissonance that play out as guilt mm-hmm. or shame or something else like that. Um, but it's not really guilt or shame. It's not that you've done something wrong. It's that you're, you're experiencing dissonance against what you want to do and what you need to do. Mm -hmm. And they're in conflict with each other, or you're working through some trauma that was done to you at one particular time. That's playing out in your everyday life in ways that are um, not helpful to you or to your neighbor. Right. Mm -hmm. So in, in psychological terms, we don't have sin. We have, um, cultural mores and taboos that if they're violated will cause, uh, social distress to the individual as well as emotional and mental distress, uh, for some type of self-failure or self, uh, uh thought about, about who you are because we're incredibly, um, suggestible individuals. If, if you ever think about like what magic is, Magic is is the idea of trying to control the universe using words. Well, what what or or something that you do, some type of mm-hmm. gesture. Well, there's nothing more powerful than language for humans because humans are so suggestible. Mm-hmm. And if you get told something enough times,
2: I mean, like how Ryan tries to convince me there are ghosts. Yes.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Someday it's going to be convinced. Some someday it's going to be. I believe there's I ghosts. be you no. Know. <laughs> if you're not aware of that, that constant messaging will have an influence on how you live your life. It's why, it's why ads and marketing are done the way that they do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause there, I mean, this is a very, it's a very clear fact that we know that humans are highly suggestible mm-hmm. and can be convinced of pretty much anything.
2: And jingles, jingles, yeah. help,
1: jingles, help put a yeah. little music to it. So well, that, so, so there is no such thing as sin An elevator dinging, right? See,
2: This is what I'm talking about. <laughs>
1: All right, well, then there's, there's um, the next worldview which looks at sin as relativistic, that your sin and my sin are not on the same level. Your sin are really bad, mine yep. are not. Right. Mine are justified, yours, yours are deservedly so. Right. Right, Ryan? <laughs> yes. Okay, good. I'm glad you agree. Uh, the last one has to do with, with <laughs> religion, and religion will say uh, concerning sin, well, if you follow what we tell you to do, then you're without sin. If you break these rules, then you yep. are full of sin.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Works.
1: But sin is never really defined. That's why right at the beginning, what is sin from a Christian worldview? It's not trusting God to be God. Mm-hmm. That's sin. It's not stuff you do. The stuff you do comes from that original sin of not trusting God to be God. Right. And then it plays out in your life. Yep. Um, and so the, so the Christian worldview speaks about a couple things. It says, first of all, everyone's a sinner. So that, that should be a kick in the, in the teeth right from the get go, because none of us want to admit that we're broken and you cannot be a Christian. I'm telling everyone out there who's listening. If you don't think you're a sinner, if you don't confess that you're a sinner, you're not a Christian period mm-hmm. end of story. So when, when the world or others get angry at Christians, calling us hypocrites well yeah of course we are that's Mm -hmm. why we're christians yeah we cannot save ourselves that's the problem it doesn't free us to sin all the more it's just recognizing that all christians are demented recovering addicts Mm -hmm. okay we're addicted to sin what is that addiction it's being addicted to rejecting god and going our own way wanting to be our own god's we're recovering because we admit it, and we're demented because we need to hear that we're forgiven again and again and again and again because <laughs> we keep forgetting it. Yeah. You got dementia. Yeah. So go ahead.
0: I was just uh, thinking. I, I can't remember if it was this week or last week when Paul used the line about uh, the church is full of hypocrites. Yeah, that keeps them off
1: the street. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we got room for one more. <laughs> we have room for one more. <laughs> But it's the great equalizer. Before God, we're all the same. So when society tries to split us up into groups, like, you know, it, it used to be in the United States, we, we, have, we have the original sin of racism. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but post-1960s up until probably like, I don't know, maybe even five years ago. The goal was to be a, a, a colorblind society mm-hmm. where we don't define people based on the melanin in their skin or any other outer, outer um, characteristics, but that the words of Martin Luther King Jr. would be the ideal, that all would be judged not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, we were almost there. And then I don't know what happened, but suddenly that is now being coined in academic circles as a racist worldview to say that I don't want to, you know, judge someone or recognize anyone based on their, their skin color. I, 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 I want a colorblind society that's now being referred to as that's racist. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what is that doing? It puts people into groups yep. in order to judge um, one way or another, better or worse, whatever it may be, and this happens all the time with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you get split into groups, it becomes us versus them. But what does Scripture say? All have sinned, mm-hmm. all have fallen short, which means we are all equal in the eyes of God. And what does God look at us and see? Sinners.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. So we're all equal, and we're all at the bottom.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> we're all sinners. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing, um, you know, and he went on and talked about a couple different terms like transgression and disobedience. I I liked how he talked about disobedience. Disobedience in the, in the Greek basically means plugging your ears and saying, I'm not listening. (laughs) You have any kids? Uh, Well, yeah. Ever had that happen? Well, not. Have you ever done it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. When, when, uh. When the girls get talking about girly things with their mom, I plug my ears and I'm like, come on, boy, let's get out of the house. I'm (laughs) not listening. How do you know this
0: stuff? La, la, la.
1: (laughs) Uh, Have you ever done that, Dana? Plugged your ears and said, I'm not listening.
2: Uh, No. No? I don't think so. Not that I can recall, but I also know that I will just run away. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) like, nope. I'm too far away. You know what? <laughs> and you. that,
1: that is actually a, um, a biblical, um, uh, v- virtue to aim for that. When sin comes your way, you run away. That's, that's the example of, um, of Joseph and his, his, uh, technicolor dream coat or long sleeve coat, or however you want to translate it, mm-hmm. long sleeve multicolored coat is, uh, when temptation came his way to sin against his master, he ran away so fast that he lost his pants. Mm-hmm. um, and, you know, ended up in jail for a long time. But <laughs> the virtue is still there that he ran away from from the sin. Yep. And, oh, what it would be like if if more of us were like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about the word trespass. Here we're talking about different biblical words for sin. And this one's kind of neat, too, because we use trespass in the, uh, in the Lord's Prayer. You know, we say, uh, lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And what does trespass mean? It means... You're not where you're supposed to be, which I thought was interesting. I always thought trespass meant you're where you're not supposed to be, but you're not where you are supposed to be, Mm. which is a little bit of a reverse. It is.
0: Mm. Yeah.
2: I never, when I was little and learning that, I never could understand like, why is it trespass? Like, right. What? Why do I care that they're in my yard? <laughs> I just like, could not comprehend that one.
1: Beware of dog. No trespassing. <laughs> he talked about the word sin um, in its use in Matthew chapter 5 as scandalon. Mm-hmm. Scandal. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about a great cartoon back in the day, uh, Recess. Oh, yeah. That that Ryan Janke should, should bring back and be on because, you know. But there was these
0: these. Uh, little I was gonna go back and watch that and see why that well, is.
1: Go watch it now after hearing that the word sin means scandal, because yeah. that was the word of of the popular girls on that show. The popular fourth graders was scandalous every yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But where where
0: I fit in the show, I haven't figured that out. I haven't gone back to watch that yet. But Sarah definitely was adamant that, and was maybe it TJ? you were. T- I thought you were TJ. Yeah. Is that? I'll have to look He's, the, he's, he's literally
2: kind of like, Kind of like the main character Red Hat He's wheeling yeah. and dealing Green He's making all head. kinds of
1: <laughs> Things happen He's he, He's got a lot of spoons And a lot of bowls um, Yeah
0: Did he get pro wrestling To the school I don't remember that episode
1: <laughs> Keep watching well, I, think it's I mean somewhere. I he <laughs> When you guys think of Scandal What do you think mm.
2: Initially the TV show called Scandal Oh
1: yeah I remember that show <laughs> A president I, Oh which one? <laughs> well, that's uh, I don't want to name just one. <laughs> you know what's funny is I heard this on um, the news. Looking back over the twenty years, and often we only look at our own lifetime. But my understanding of the presidency goes back to Reagan, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, what did they say about when President Obama was president? They're like the first president in the last twenty years to have no scandals, okay, except for the scandals that they weren't reporting. Um, but then you get, you get the next president and it's like, it it, it was a scandal a day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, and then the current president, it's like, it seems like scandals have become the norm for any presidency rather than the exception. Right. So, um, the word scandal means the thing that triggers your demise, Mm. the thing that triggers your demise. It's a trap.
0: Yeah. Or, or
2: the spring on the trap. Kanye.
1: Kanye. <laughs> Kanye? <laughs> well, scandal. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: he just said demise. And I was like, mm-hmm, Kanye.
1: <laughs> well, and the, the last, Kanye. the last word that I want to t- touch on. Comes Actually, from
2: I believe it's yay. Now
1: it's just yay. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse three speaks about rebellion. And I think that's kind of the key word with sin. What is sin? Sin is rebellion. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's a thought, because here Pastor Cross um, talked about that other franchise where the rebels are the good guys. Oh, yeah. Um, but it, it again, it, it becomes subjective as if the powers that be are evil, then the rebel rebellion is good. Mm-hmm. If the powers that be are good, then the rebellion is evil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In our relationship with God, if we see that all of humanity has sinned and fallen short what we're saying is all of humanity has rebelled against God okay and that really puts everything in perspective if we've all rebelled then God has two God has two moves in which to work his will in creation how do you stop a rebellion There's really only two ways to go for the rebellion to stop.
0: You got to crush it.
1: You got to crush it. You got to wipe it out completely. Mm -hmm. You got to put to death every rebel Mm -hmm. so that more rebels don't pop up. Mm Yeah. That's the first option. Mm -hmm. What's the other option to stop the rebellion?
0: Is there another one?
2: I was like, I just think of just complete. Go ahead. Yeah, like the first one. Like every way I keep trying to word that, it just comes back to just wipe them out
1: you gotta wipe them out i mean and and in the bible when god talks about certain things like um the term jihad is actually a biblical term Mm -hmm. jihad is um used in a different way among among muslim beliefs uh but it's god fighting for you that's what it means and when god establishes israel in the holy land he tells them wipe everybody out Mm -hmm. and they don't
0: right go to jericho
1: Right, and and there's all kind of problems that, that pop up out of that. And you can, you know, regardless of what you think about, oh, I can't believe God would do that, uh, God is God and you're not. That's kind mm-hmm. of the starting point. God has two choices. He can wipe us out completely and thus end the rebellion, mm-hmm. or God can lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you have God wiping out the rebellion at the flood. Mm-hmm and showing i can do this and then allowing out of god's goodness and out of god's mercy to allow life to continue trying to reestablish the the order at the beginning through noah and his family but because sin remains the only solution is for god to lose mm. and where does god lose it's why the cross is so important for Christians because it is the final judgment. Forget about anybody talking about the final judgment happening um, in Revelation. The final judgment actually takes place at the cross. Um, the, the, the conclusion of the final judgment, the, the last judgment, if you will, at the end of all things, has already been established through the cross, the only reason that that the, the result of the final judgment has not been laid out completely is because God is a long-suffering and merciful God wanting everyone to repent and come to faith. Mm-hmm. But at the cross, God dies for you. Um, and in so doing, the sin of the world is named. No longer can I say, well, my sins are justified, but Ryan's, he deserves what he's going to get. Mm-hmm. Because at the cross, this is what I am implicated in as a sinner. According to the word of God. Because all have rebelled. All of humanity is in rebellion against Jesus, which means everyone has rejected him. You even look at the scriptures, the ones, the best people that Jesus chose all betrayed him at the end. Mm -hmm. You could say, well, the women came forward. Yeah, they came forward and watched him die, but they didn't do anything. The same with John. It's not like they were like, not on my watch and (laughs) pulled out the swords. And everyone in the end stands by at the cross as Jesus dies in our place. And in so doing, God has judged the world as sinners, all wrapped up in the cross and your sin, however big, however small has a new name on it. And this is its name. You killed Christ. Mm -hmm. What the cross reveals is that Christians truly are, well, everyone is deicidal maniacs. We all want to get God out of the way. And, and that's kind of the starting point. That's the rock bottom point for Christians to be able to confess that that we are demented recovering addicts. Mm-hmm. Because in Jesus dying on the cross, he's literally taken the sins of the world upon himself. The rebellion is brought to its completion. Why? Because in losing, Jesus brings an end to the rebellion. I mean, what more can you do against God? You've killed him. What, right. what more sin can you do? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I, I said his ears look funny. Well, yeah, but you killed him. Mm-hmm. there's nothing more to do. In other words, as Jesus says on the cross, it is finished. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So not to totally give, give it away because we want people to listen to the next message, but that's why in, in pastor Cross's messages, he came to an end. Um, he did something that I will always, uh, uh, uh grit my teeth on because I think that every worship service needs to have absolution of some kind. um, he left it hanging in a, in a, in just kind of a neat way that he pointed out that we're all sinners. But I know a guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was the key of the message. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was pointing to the guy. The guy. Yeah. So, any okay. questions, confusions? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Does that make you? sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're all sinners. Get used to it. <laughs> don't yeah. take pride in it. Just know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> The good news is you can be a forgiven sinner in Jesus Christ, who mm-hmm. takes all of your sin upon Himself and gives you all of His righteousness, so that when God looks at you, He doesn't see a sinner; He sees His beloved, in yeah. whom He is well pleased. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. 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 Good enough. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think that was great. Okay. Cool. All now, right. Now what?
2: I don't know.
1: What do you want? What do you want to talk <laughs> about
2: now?
0: I don't know. How much time do we have?
2: It is one o'clock. It's
1: Gotta that go. time.
0: Gotta go. Gotta go. All right, I'll leave. I'll leave everybody hanging. We we had a fun event uh, over the weekend. But we'll talk about that on the.
1: Doesn't the next it seem like there's been so many things that have just been yeah. squished up close to each other? That it's like, what are we doing this week? I don't like, know. I'm kind of there. Kinda
0: there ha- yeah, there, there has. No, been. I'm like. Mm-hmm.
2: I just have my calendar right now. Right. Like, uh, I have to do all of this because this is actually not as far away as I think it is. <laughs> right.
1: Right. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's true. exactly right. So. All right. I just come in and ask Ryan, what do you, what am I supposed to do today? What are we doing?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What time? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny.
1: All right. That's it. Should we pray? Sure. Then you wrap it up. Yeah. All right. Let's pray. Dear God, um, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this time to be together, to, to hear and discuss and to talk about what you are doing. Um, not just on, on Sunday, but every day of the week, and that your, your message resonates and reveals who we are, uh, who we are, and, and this is what confession is. It's, it's confessing who we are before you, that we are sinners, but also who you are for the world, and that is the Savior through Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, um, help us to recognize who we are before you and to rest in, your, in you to be able to call help in time of need, to be, to be able to walk with you every day, Uh, Take our sins far from us. Remove us from them. um, Wash us clean by the blood of your son. Set us free. If anyone in hearing this message has something weighing on their heart that they just don't think God would forgive them, know that right now you can give that to God and God will forgive you of all of your sins. It's what he promises in scripture. It's what he promises in his word. It's what comes to us in the sacraments. It's the promise of God's mercy on account of Jesus Christ. All who believe in him, and seek God's forgiveness, need just to hand those sins over to God, give them to Jesus. He's big enough to take them. He's taken the sins of the world upon himself. He is the Lamb of God, and, um, and you can be set free this day. So hand over those sins and wash us clean, Lord. We, we ask for your forgiveness and trust in the mercy of your Son, Jesus Christ, who washes us clean. And so here this promise is coming from God. All who have ears to hear, you are forgiven of all of your sins on account of Jesus Christ, our Savior. All this we ask in his precious name. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. All right. If you're looking for a place to worship, you can come on site, 4601 South University Drive. You can also go online to atonementfargo.org, atonement.live, or right on the YouTubes and search Atonement Fargo. Is out there, the YouTubes. Hey, YouTube, She's just blinking at me. All right. Thanks for joining us. For Pastor DJ Lura and Dana Mashevsky. my name is Ryan Jenke. Join us next time for another riveting episode of that podcast
1: you have your Davy shirt on today I do. <laughs>